The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Kicking celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates a monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the next one. You know, or the treatment is just another game, a little step in stone. That's a, that's a question I have. Subscribe to the GA Podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off the Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Hello there, welcome along to Tuesday's Off the Ball. And we are very much focused on events in Poland this evening. Nations League, Group B, Ukraine versus the Republic of Ireland, a 7.45 kickoff. We have live commentary with Stephen Doyle and Vinnie Perth on the way. 53106 is the text number. We are at Off the Ball on Twitter. Arthur O'D is here in the studio. Hello. How are you, Joe? Very well. Richie McCormick is with us. Hey, Richie. Men, how are you? We're very well. Just pause for a second because we're going to check in with match commentator for the evening, Mr. Stephen Doyle. Stephen, hello. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, lads. Good evening, everybody. So we have our team, 7.45 kickoff in Poland against Ukraine. Number of enforced changes. Interesting team. It sure is, Joe, and I can tell you that there's a competitive debut for the Mead man, Dara Lennon, which will have uh, Richie very happy, I'm sure. Um, and also On the Royal. <laughs> and also a first uh, competitive start for Dara O'Shea since uh, he injured his ankle that time away to Portugal last year in the World Cup qualifier. So I'll just give you a run through the side. It's uh, Kelleher in goal with Collins, Collins, O'Shea and Lennon at the back. And then it looks like, uh, sorry, I'm just uh, pulling out the... The, the, the other team from last week, Joe, beg your pardon here. Sorry, so yes, it is uh, Collins with uh, O'Shea Lenahan as the back three. And then it's James McLean, who does skipper the side tonight, winning his 94th cap this evening. And then it looks like Brown on the right-hand side. And then a midfield three of Colin Malumbi and Jason Knight. And then it's Scott Hogan playing up front alongside Troy Parrott. So it does look like the 3-5-2. I'd imagine it will be Collins anchoring uh, that back three as well. With Darrow Shea, of course, he can play as a right back and uh, perhaps will be better on that right-hand side of the three. Okay, so similar shape to the Scottish game, not surprisingly. Darrow Shea, Darrow Lennon, Nathan Collins, that back three. Alan Brown continuing at right wing back. James McLean, as you said, captains the side. He was very good against the Scots, so he continues. And then that similar midfield, Josh Cullen with Jason Malumby, the energy Malumby. Jason Knight, you would think, without the ball, will very much join in with Cullen and Malumby. With the ball, he might push on a touch, as he did against the Scots. And then, once again, two strike partners, Scott Hogan of Birmingham City, in alongside Troy Parrott. Didn't have a huge number of options otherwise, Stephen Kenny. I suppose there was the Hendrick dilemma. That was about it. Yeah, and I should say as well, Joe, sorry, three changes obviously from the game at the weekend with, of course, John Egan expecting uh, that baby along the way. Some stage, Shane Duffy is suspended and Michael Obafemi injured as well. So they're the three that uh, miss out with O'Shea Lennon and Hogan coming in. But as you say, it is down to the bare bones. Probably not as bad as Ukraine, um, but uh, it's a very in- inexperienced Irish bench there as well uh, with the likes of Festi Ebiseli uh, in there. Um, but you've also got the likes of Hamilton, uh, Keane, O'Leary, so, you know, not a huge amount of striking options. Scott Hogan does give you that, I suppose, the option of holding up the ball uh, and trying to get uh, Troy Parrott in and around him, possibly. Um, he hasn't scored yet for Ireland, of course, uh, the Birmingham striker. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But I suppose with just the three changes, you've got a bit of consistency there anyway. Daryl Lennon is 28 years of age. He's a very experienced uh, campaigner, even though he is make, winning his first competitive cap. In fact, I was just kind of look, looking back at his season 
with Blackburn earlier today and uh, it was interesting reading Tony Mowbray's quotes about him last December and he was just saying that he is a super footballer um, he says he's got a really good uh, eye for a long pass he's got great vision for the game and also at just 6 foot 2 he said even though he is just 6 foot 2 he towers above players that are actually taller than him just because he is such a physical presence in the box so I'm looking forward to see how he gets on and of course Darrow Shea um, who really was the man of the moment last year um, and I thought he really acquitted himself well when he played in the Premier League for West Brom even though they had a pretty poor season when they went down a bit like uh, a bit like Collins at Burnley this season he was a bit of a shining light despite his team uh, getting relegated and he, he showed that you know against the likes of Liverpool against the likes of Manchester City he's well able for international level football and uh, he showed that as well against Portugal and unfortunately mm. I think it was just his eagerness and his determination that really was the cause of him uh, fracturing his ankle at that time um, but look I'll I, I join the chorus of uh, praise for, for Collins as well I, I thought even though the Armenia game was, was pretty poor watch and it was disappointing after a couple of early mistakes from him I thought he was just superb like you know given that uh, now we mightn't get the same from him tonight if he does play as the anchor of the back three we mightn't get that uh, Collins option of getting forward and perhaps distributing the ball from just inside his own half. We'll yeah. see how that develops. But um, I think it's a really interesting side. And Stephen, just before you go on the Ukrainian front, Yarmolenko yeah. starts. There's no Zinchenko. Or there is a Zinchenko. So it looks like more of a frontline team if Zinchenko and Yarmolenko are in. I'm not as familiar with yeah. the rest. I'll just show you there, Joe. It's um, They basically made four changes from their win against uh, Armenia at the weekend. So uh, dropping out for them, it's a, well, it's a third different goalkeeper actually in their third match of this Nations League with a very experienced on Andre Piatov replaced by the inexperienced Dimitro Riznik winning his first competitive cap for Ukraine so perhaps uh, something there for the Irish players to uh, take a couple of long, long shots at him test him out early on he played 45 minutes in a friendly match against Bulgaria and he plays for Vorskla Poltava in the Ukrainian top flight uh, not a side known to many people I'm sure uh, the Everton left back as you mentioned Vitaly Mikhailenko replacing Mikhailo Mudrik so that means Inchenko then will move to the left wing from left back to allow Mikulenko drop in there and Shaparenko looks like he's going to push up from the left wing into the uh, corner forward position Joe. Uh, Victor Tsigankov who scored with that free kick in Dublin and Roman Yeremchuk are replaced up front by Artem Dovbik who's been on fire for Dnipro and Andrei Yermolenko who you mentioned there yeah. who was released by West Ham for whom he scored a couple of big goals at the end of the season and of course against Scotland as well in that playoff match and as you mentioned Joe he gets the armband as well and so, just to mention as well I should say Joe yeah. just four players in the Irish team Keller Collins, Cullen and Knight and four of the Ukraine team Mikhailenko, uh, Sidorchuk, Dovbik and Shaparenko are surviving from that Dublin game last week. Okay, very good. So just for us to get our heads around this and what we're expecting this evening, this Ukraine team, this is more in line with the team that played against the likes of Wales and Scotland in their big games. Yeah, yeah. As you say, look, um, the, uh, you know, it has been well flagged before the game as well. They've had their injury problems and also an illness uh, that broke out in the camp. He's only got nine players on the bench uh, rather than the full complement of three. So uh, they are the bare bones, but the bare bones they have left are their leading players, really. So uh, yeah. the full team, it's Riznik in goal. Uh, right back is uh, Karavayev and then Zabarini, Matvienko and Mikhailenko as the back four. Then it's Malinovsky, Sidorchuk and Zinchenko as the midfield three with Yarmolenko, Dovvik and Shaparenko up front Okay, lovely stuff thanks for the time in Stephen Dawes on commentary alongside Vinnie Perth Arthur D as I said is in studio turns out the hipsters were in just one place <laughs> this weekend should have known I should have known when Nevin was on last night saying he was at an amazing book festival the Boris House Literary Festival 
that of course that's where you were when you took a day off yesterday. Yeah. Were you, did you take the day off yesterday because you were just coming down from the heady heights? Oh, uh, well. Recovery yeah, day after it was the madness. nice. It was nice just to dwell and on it all. He, uh, being serious for a moment, was effusive yeah. about the Boris House Literary Festival. So unbelievable. Talk to us. I, it, like we'd booked our tickets, I want to say back for the June 2020. So that's kind of how long we've had them and they've rolled over to now. So that's kind of oh. how long it's kind of been in the works. It was amazing. I'd never been to it before. I had a few friends who we went with how had. And I saw Pat um, on Friday night with Roddy Doyle. Fascinating. Nice. It's like 50 minutes, kind of a few questions from the floor at the end. Just fascinating. Just Roddy Doyle interviewing Pat. No, it was kind of, I, God, I forget who the interviewer was, but it was just the two of them. Obviously, Roddy Doyle, I know he was on the show before, Chelsea fan. I was just, it was brilliant. It was like you really, with the sense of almost everything you kind of went to there, it was always kind of a case of, ah, oh, just half an hour more. Yeah. Just a little bit more because it never, it was so just engrossing. And I suppose it's a very interesting environment that, I suppose like any gathering where people are there for the same thing, you do feel there's a great sense of just community there at it generally. You really, everyone kind of is there for the same reason. You, there's always something else on when you're going to something. So if you don't really want to be there, you'd be somewhere else. And is, the, are, is this a big operation? Would there be different choices at each given hour or is yeah. it generally a main stage that you go to? No, so there's a, it, there are, there's about like say one, uh, six or seven different places say some small some kind of a few regular but there's always just it's, it's a real the real challenge of it is to just find the thing you want to do as opposed to, and what it's it's almost choosing what you'll be willing to miss who else was there uh Fintan O'Toole was a big presence he was across he was fantastic uh Patrick Radden Keefe guy who wrote wrote a brilliant book oh I forget the name of the book but about the Sackler dynasty and the opioid crisis in America oh yeah and he also wrote that book um say nothing about I think Gene yeah. McConville murder in the north is this with the Michael Keaton opioid yeah I don't know if it's from the same book but the same base the same thing similar ballpark exactly that would be interesting it was fascinating mm. it was so so interesting and they had a great way of pairing different people together I kind of that was they, 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 they stood out sorry and the other thing that definitely stood out on the Sunday was the poet Paul Muldoon who recently or most recently worked with Paul McCartney on that book of lyrics so kind of I suppose he's worked with them for about five years on it and getting to just getting in like one degree of separation from Paul McCartney <laughs> it's like you know Paul Muldoon's no small deal himself but you are kind of talking about good God it's, this is incredible just hearing the little I suppose look if you're if anyway a fan of the Beatles and I suppose as you will be I know you'd thoroughly enjoyed Get Back mm. so it is kind of I suppose grand 60 years later or whatever but it is working with the same person yeah. talking about these songs that was that was a treat that one felt almost a little bit like God, I can't believe he's doing this. Like, just the insight. Jealous, man. Is this an annual thing? Yeah, I think it's about 15 years going. Oh, wow. It's remarkable. I, it's, it's really... Gotta go. And to be fair, like without any disparaging things, like it, it, it there's arguably every... like mo- A lot of years before now, there's arguably been a a bigger name, if you know what I mean, like a more a bigger headline. Like it was absolutely brilliant. So, it's amazing the people they get. Really, really incredible. Sold. Yeah. Well, listen, I was at Duran Duran at St. Anne's Park. Okay. So we all had our <laughs> culture over the weekend. We all had our culture. <laughs> what? You went to a gig? It was a free ticket. And of course, the bleeding ones. Yeah, <laughs> but like even still, like that's wow. Okay. What? What? What, what would you say to me about Duran Duran? 
I, I'd say they're responsible for some of the biggest and uh, well-crafted pop songs of the 80s and occasionally actually the 90s as well. See, I you never know what he's going to say. Oh, like, honestly, if you would come out with that or equally something completely <laughs> exact withering, I would not have known the difference. <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, do, you know, well, okay. do you know what's a lovely thing about going to that concert? So obviously, there's, it, it, for a generation, it was like... Uh, wonderful dose of nostalgia and all the rest of it so there are you know it's a, it's it's middle age late middle age kind of territory now they won't mind me saying I'm sure no it's okay um, we were amongst the younger uh, crowd there we got tickets people couldn't go and kindly threw them into a whatsapp group we said yeah go on we're, we're near enough to the area but so um, wonderful excitement obviously and friends coming together who may or may not have seen each other in a long time but when certain songs came on <laughs> transformed into 20 year olds again <laughs> in their behaviour and their mannerisms it's brilliant isn't it it's an when amazing thing yeah it's brilliant like I remember being at um, for like if you're talking about a, an age profile that's kind of up in years I remember being at uh, the Who or the remnants thereof in Marley Park a few years ago now God and you'd see like 50, 60 year olds and maybe even above like completely transported back down to being 18, 19, 20 and similarly you'd see some of the God I remember there was a kid of about 7 or 8 on his dad's or his granddad's shoulders for the duration who knew word for word like album tracks off of Tommy and Who's Next and you're just going wait this is just it's brilliant when you see multiple generations kind of coming together like that and and enjoying it almost in the same way the other thing that was hilarious was nearby I'd say a handful of clearly kids who'd been indoctrinated in the car were now in their (laughs) mid-twenties and were like pumping out every word like, like <laughs> there with their dad going ballistic to Duran Duran you know so it was kind of a fun thing somebody says only an OTB member would go to a festival to see Fintan O'Toole I think that was a compliment I mean he's, in a, very oh, inca- he's a captivating public why speaker why would you not listen to what he has to say about things now is it a good thing or a bad thing that we're not even talking about that from the team we thought had turned a corner a few months ago five of the back six are missing tonight for any other team would this not spell utter crisis Bazunu, Coleman Doherty Duffy Egan only Jimmy McLean has survived the apocalypse that's true I mean he absolutely Stephen Kenny has built a strength and depth now the, the criticism would be that actually everyone's of a certain similar level but there's, all a, much of a muchness. there's a yeah. lot of them there's a lot of them so again if you're tuning in we have live commentary uh, this evening Richie's about to start his news round but the team is Queeving Keller and Goal is he your number two is he number one yeah. like one and a half that's a hell of a backup if he's a backup Darrow Shea Darrell Lenehan and Nathan Collins are the back three Alan Brown continues right wing back James McLean on the other side and then it will be a midfield three again Josh Cullen the energy of Malumbi Jason Knight will help out when Ireland are out of possession which to be fair could be for a fair proportion of this evening's game and then up front the boy Troy and Scott Hogan comes in Obafemi injured we should really start the news round which is with thanks to Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day Richie not such good news on the other Irish front this evening no, the Republic of Ireland under 21s will have to navigate a two-legged playoff if they're to play first ever European Championships. Jim Crawford's side lost 4-1 away to Italy in their final group game in Ascoli, meaning Ireland must content themselves with second in the group. The draw for the playoffs is going to be made next Tuesday. The actual playoff played in September. Denmark, Iceland, Israel, the Czech Republic, Norway, Slovakia and Ukraine all potential opponents in that one. Mm, yeah, real pity. Uh, well beaten. Can't really have any complaints. There's other football this evening. 
Yeah, elsewhere in Ireland's group, one game already completed. Scotland came from a goal down to win 4-1 away to 10-man Armenia this evening. Uh, the last remaining place at this winter's World Cup will be decided over the next couple of hours. Costa Rica are already a goal to the good against New Zealand in Qatar. That goal coming from Joel Campbell now playing his trade in Monterey. The winners of that one will land in Group E along with Spain, Japan and Germany. Australia earned their place in Group D last night via a penalty shootout win over Peru. Who was the Duran Duran of your childhood, Arthur? Who did your parents indoctrinate you to know the lyrics of, even against your will in the car? Oof. Um, I'll, I'll say uh, now I spent too much time listening to Daniel O'Donnell in the car. I'll tell <laughs> you what, no. No, I was spared that. Um, Which, still not over. My father would have been big enough country western. Okay. So a lot of Tom D. Hall, a lot of Johnny Cash. Well, Johnny Cash, though, I mean, you can live perfectly with that. fine. I can live with it. No, I'm no Trump problem at all. There. And it has, um, it stuck with me. But they were generally quite good for letting us, um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of dust in the turkey as well. <laughs> <laughs> no shame there. No, yeah, he was big for a time. He did. It's huge. Richie. Uh, Misha uh, Joe Dolan the mighty Joe Dolan who was, oh, yeah, who was essentially a family member as well um, my uncle managed him for, for decades so oh. um, oh, wow. yeah like it, like just obviously knew a bunch of him and much like Arthur like my dad was a big country fan um, back in the day and that would have been played a lot on the radio and at the time you're kind of like oh, duh, can you put on something else hmm. but instead the old man that I've become of course, I'm just like festooned with a bunch of country compilations here in my iTunes. So, yeah. Joe Dolan, Johnny Cash. Sorry, Daniel my, father, my yeah. father loved Joe Dolan. That's, I should bring that up. I think he saw him, he estimates about 30 times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So, that's, that's, that, was, that was in the playlist. There is no show like a Joe show. <laughs> we have our Irish squad to go to New Zealand. Any big news? Yeah, five uncapped players in that Ireland squad. Leinster trio, Kieran Frawley, Joe McCarthy and Jimmy O'Brien. Joined by Munsters, Keen Prendergast and Jeremy Lockman of Connacht in that 40-man panel. Robert Balakoon, Andrew Conway, Chris Farrell and Ronan Kelleher all miss out through injury. Head coach Andy Farrell says Ireland's first tour in three years, remember, is of huge importance. Um, well, we've not been before. That's that's it's a fight to me. Um you know, our, our last performance against them, or any any good performance that you've seen over the last eighteen months, two years, uh, we we need to be better than that. It's different. It's different over there, and that's why touring for these lads is so important. Um, we've missed it. Um, you know, we've we've lads on over 20, 20 plus caps that's never toured. Um, you know, so. Um, walking around Auckland or Wellington or Dunedin, it's not like walking down Balls Bridge and um, people winding the window down and saying how good you are, you know, this 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 is completely different, this is proper this is proper international rugby that, that doesn't get any better and it's exactly what we want at this moment in time Yeah, Brian O'Driscoll going to be on Wednesday Night Rugby tomorrow so we'll pick his brain on things, Arthur there just uh, watching Andy Farland's press conference, the guns were out, you're impressed, <laughs> he's a big man, impressed with he's the he's a big presence, seen him in person? Never, big tall man yeah, a lot of presence. A lot of presence. That league background, though, isn't he from? Yeah, yeah. That oh, and, uh, just, did he win something like he I, their whatever their big award, Man of Steel or something at seventeen or eighteen? Yeah. yeah, I mean, good God, England captain, I think it's seventeen. <laughs> like, 18. The name alone, Man of Steel. In a non-ironic way, I uh, love a bit of league. <laughs> mm. So we have Champions League draw. Good draw for Rovers. Is that the sense? 
Yeah, decent. Before I bring you that, Joe, another football line tonight in a breaking one the last 20 minutes or so. Oh. Darwin Nunez completing his move to Liverpool, uh, costing an initial 65 million euro. That could rise as high, or 75 million, that could rise as high as 100 million euro. A six year contract for the Uruguayan at Anfield. That deal just done and announced this evening. But as you mentioned there, Shamrock Rovers given a pretty favourable draw in the first qualifying round of the Champions League. They'll face the Maltese champions Hibernians over two legs with the first leg at Tala in early July. Sligo Rovers will play the Wellside Ballot Town in the Conference League qualifying while Derry City have been handed a tie with FC Riga of Latvia Spare a thought for John and his son Cormac we're sitting here depressed hoping to listen to you talk about sport having missed the killers in Malahide tonight you two catching Covid No Your gig guide talk really isn't helping Oh <laughs> that's chances. brutal Funny we were walking out of Duran Duran we were chatting on the way back walking back saying well, who, would, who would we go to that would get very giddy Okay, but you know, see, and, and suddenly I was like, my "God, we're so old now that going to see the Killers would bring back the college years." <laughs> <laughs> Lose my shit, like. Uh, oh God, yeah. Well, otherwise, I guess it's. Oh, I mean, like, I don't know. I think the first gig I went as a teenager, like with my mates, proper was like probably the Stereophonics or something. But I don't know what I quite go back to that now. That's Wayne Rooney's favorite band, isn't it? Yeah, he has a tattoo. Yeah, he has that. One of their albums, Just Enough Education to Perform, he has Jeep tattooed on his leg or something. If you don't know, Reggie definitely will. They played Slane, didn't they? Oh, they did, yeah. Yeah, they were that big. That's they incredible. Played. They were huge. Slane. I, can't, yeah. I can't remember if they were, I think they were headliners. Tell you, I'd wander back to see David Gray for nostalgia, actually. He did a massive couple massive of gigs tour. in the Tree Arena. Yeah. Do you know there that? He, a, did, he did huge numbers. There was a lot of love for... I mean, I, I don't... I mean, don't, I'm under no illusions. He, has, he is of a level, but... It'd be a lot of nostalgia. It's nostalgia. That's what Duran Duran was the other night. It was just people reliving moments in their lives, you know? Isn't White Ladder still hilariously high selling, though? That is yeah. album. Like, it's. It, well, it was in every house in Ireland. Wasn't yeah. It is country that broke Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, John and Cormac, that is so tough. That is brutal. So, uh, the killers won't be the same without you guys. We should bring a last story or so, Richie, if you can. Yeah, Serena Williams has been handed a wild card for the main singles draw at Wimbledon. The 40-year-old hasn't played since returning hurt from her first-round match with Aleksandr Sasnovich at SW19 last year. Williams will warm up for Wimbledon by playing at Eastbourne next week. She's going to be playing the doubles there alongside Ons Jabour. While Russian and Belarusian players will be allowed to compete at this year's US Open, the US Tennis Association says players from both countries can compete under neutral flags at Flushing Meadows in August. Wimbledon, of course, banning representatives of both countries from playing there this summer mm. uh, Bryson DeChambeau finally yeah we should mention Nicole Turner by the way winning a bronze at the World Paris Swimming Championships in Madeira in the past half hour or so oh. but Bryson DeChambeau has become the first LIV golf recruit to admit his move is about the money the 2020 US Open winner along with Patrick Reed, will join the Saudi back tour at their next stop in Portland at the end of this month DeChambeau is at Brookline preparing for this year's US Open and he told the Golf Channel that cash was one of his primary concerns when signing on with the Saudis so it was a business decision, first and foremost, and um, that's all that was to it. It's given me a lot more opportunity outside of the game of golf and given me more time with my family and my future family. So for me, that was a decision. Was the business decision basically money-driven? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, there was a lot of financials to it and a lot of time as well. So I get to have a, a life outside of the game of golf as well. Do you want to play on the PJ Tour again? I would love to. It would be an honor. He's an odd person. What's the crack with that? Sorry, he needs more time. Just fewer events now. Yeah. Okay. To, he talked about he wants to open a driving range in Dallas. Right. That's one of the things he wants to do. Is At he in his twenties? Yeah. Yeah. Right. At least he's bloody admitted it. He's yeah. like the first one of the forty odd so far. They just go. Do you know what? 
It was cash. It gives me time off. Getting a hundred mil up front. Good God. And whatever. Right. And he could win a lot on that tour in the next yeah. couple of years. So, I mean, it's not any. It's a, it's it's not an unstraightforward business decision, is it? I mean, it's a lot of money to turn down. Uh, Vincent Company, by the way, is the new Burnley manager. I should mention that. Uh, very final point. Someone wants to know what was Vincent O'Toole talking about? Talking about everything. Talking about his new latest book. Uh, we don't know ourselves. Talking about the. Oh, you read that Northern Ireland? Yeah, you liked yeah. it. I thought it was very, very good. Mostly, most of it, I thought it was brilliant. And then, anyway, there's some other parts over tonight. But um, he was talking about Northern Ireland, which and going well. <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of veered into Brexit as well. But um, I feel he might have done one other thing as well that I missed. But yeah, he was a big presence around the place. Okay, very good. Uh, fellas, we're out of time. Arthur, thank you. No problem. Thank you, Richie. Thanks very much. Nice and gents.